All right, we are in week three of our green light series. And in this series, we are talking about green lights, which are the things that we are called to say yes to in our spiritual journey. We have said yes to the call to salvation. We have said yes uh, to worshiping Jesus. And today we are going to say yes to serving. Okay, now, okay, I like that response because in my notes, I literally say, if you just tuned out because I said serving, please tune back in. It's okay. It's going to be okay. I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to make you teach Sunday school. And also, why is that the thing? Am, is it just me? Why is it the thing that when someone on this platform says we're going to talk about serving, you're like... Please don't ask me to teach Sunday school. I don't want to do it. Please don't ask me to do it. Why is it Sunday school? I don't know. But let me release you from something today. If you do not have a passion in your heart to serve in Sunday school, if you don't understand the joy and the gift that it is to minister to those kids and those families, that's not where you're called to be, and I'm not going to ask you to do it. If Jesus asks you to do it, that's between him and you. But I'm not going to do that to you today. Uh, Just I want to set you free. So tune back in with me. Even though I said the word serving, Stay with me. It's going to be good. I don't know about you, but I feel like, even in that joking little bit that I just had, that sometimes the word serving in a church context carries baggage. Uh, For some of you, you dread being asked to serve somewhere where you don't feel qualified, you don't feel skilled, you don't feel passionate. Maybe there's been times in your life where you felt taken advantage of, like someone asked you to do something one week and 20 years later you're still doing this thing that you never really wanted to do in the first place. Uh, If that's happening here, come and talk to us. We want to minister to you in that. Uh, Maybe, I don't know what it is in your life, but I feel sometimes like there's a little bit of baggage that comes with the word serving. And that's not what it's about. And that's not where my heart is, and I know that's not where any of the staff's heart is. Our heart is to see you placed and called to serve where God has gifted and enabled you today. So my prayer is that maybe we can lift some of the baggage around the word serving for us today. And of course, to do that, we're going to start by talking about the royal family. Obviously. Obviously. As one, as one does, when you think serving, you think the British royal family, don't you? Don't you all? Just me? Okay. Here's something that you're going to learn about me that maybe you didn't already know. I love the British royal family. Okay? I love them so deeply in my heart. I don't know why. When I was a kid, my family would buy me these big picture books with, like, photographs. It was, like, before tabloids, maybe? I don't know. But, like, big hardcover books with, like, Fergie and Andrew and Princess Di and, and the Queen and Prince Philip. And I would, like, pull them off of the big, giant hutch, and I would bring them down, and I would just flip through them. And they were like 10 years old by the time I was doing it, right? Like, I don't know why I love the royal family. Every teenager's dream is to follow the royal princes in their life and development. I'm certain of that. And I just want to share, it's, I don't, maybe it's unhealthy, I'm not sure. The queen in 2005 came to Canada, if you didn't know this. She came to Alberta. I was 25 years old at that time. I don't, My husband is smiling because he knows this story and he's shaking his head. So you could enter a raffle to get free tickets to go see the queen. So I am 25 years old, okay? This is how cool I am. I enter the raffle. I'm like, I'm going to get to see the queen. And I waited and I waited and I won the raffle. I don't think it was hard to win the raffle. I don't think a lot of people wanted to go. Anyways, I won the raffle and I got like five or six tickets. I don't even remember how. And I was like, I'm going to see the queen. And then I'm like, I have to convince five other people to come with me to see the queen. So my husband is always a good sport. And then literally, it was a bunch of young adults. And I went to the Commonwealth Stadium. It was outside and it rained. It was raining that day. The stadium was not full at all. So we had like these seats up high. And because 
I want to say it's because of the rain and it was an outside event, not because it was the queen herself. We got to like move down and we like saw her like come in and like Prince Philip was there. It was one of the joys of my life. I am not into celebrity culture. I, if you ask me to meet a celebrity and hang out with them for the day, you know, you can win those contests. That would be my worst nightmare. What would we talk about? I would, I would die. But seeing the queen, even from like that distance, anyways. So when I heard I was going to talk about serving today, I was like, I'm going to talk about the queen. And I was so excited about it. I'm so glad that you all enjoy me in this. So, why am I talking about the Queen this morning? Because I find her life and her faith to be inspiring. And whether you like the monarchy or not, I'm not here to convince you to like it. There are a lot of people that have respect for her, not because they agreed with everything she did, not because they agreed with everything she said, but because she devoted her life to the service of her people. And she did that from the moment she committed to it until she drew her last breath. She devoted her life to service. And that's why I'm talking about the queen. If you've been on social media at all in the news surrounding her death, which I PVR'd and watched all of her funeral events. Yes, yes, I did. And I will watch the coronation in May also, whatever, if you want to join me in that. I'm available. Uh, on the Queen's 21st birthday, she gave an address that I'm sure you have heard. If you haven't, you're in luck. I have it for you today. Vaughn, could you play for me the Queen's video from her 21st her birthday? Her Royal Highness Princess Elizabeth, speaking from South Africa on her 21st birthday, marks the occasion with this simple but historic message. Let me begin by saying thank you to all the thousands of kind people who have sent me messages of goodwill. This is a happy day for me, but it is also one that brings serious thoughts. Thoughts of life looming ahead with all its challenges and with all its opportunity. Will you, the youth of the British family of nations, let me speak on my birthday as your representative. Now that we are coming to manhood and womanhood, it is surely a great joy to us all to think that we shall be able to take some of the burden off the shoulders of our elders who have fought and worked and suffered to protect our childhood. If we all go forward together with an unwavering faith, a high courage and a quiet heart, we shall be able to make of this ancient commonwealth, which we all love so dearly, an even grander thing more free, more prosperous, more happy, and a more powerful influence for good in the world than it has been in the greatest days of our forefathers. To accomplish that, we must give nothing less than the whole of ourselves. There is a motto which has been borne by many of my ancestors, a noble motto, I serve. Those words were an inspiration to many bygone heirs to the throne when they made their nightly dedication as they came to manhood. I cannot quite do as they did. But through the inventions of science, I can do what was not possible for any of them. I can make my solemn act of dedication with a whole empire listening. I should like to make that dedication now. It is very simple. I declare before you all that my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service and to the service of our great imperial family to which we all belong. But I shall not have strength to carry out this resolution alone. 
unless you join in it with me, as I now invite you to do. I know that your support will be unfailingly given. God help me to make good my vow, and God bless all of you who are willing to share in it. Okay, don't you love the Queen? Don't you love the Queen? Okay. On my birthday, I want to eat yummy food and, and wear my pajamas. She's going to address her commonwealth and the realms and whatever. It's fine. I love her. We're going to move on from her. But she says in there, I declare before you all that with my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service and the service of our great imperial family. That is the heart of the Christian faith summed up by the Queen. Our whole lives, whether they be long or short, are devoted, are devoted to service. But we aren't dedicating our lives to a queen, a country, a church, a ministry. We are dedicating our lives to the service of the Lord. We know this not because the queen told us to, although she did, but because it's what Christ has instructed us to do, and it was what he himself did with his life. If you would turn with me, you can turn in you version, or there's Bibles in front of you, or maybe you brought one from home, to John 13. We're going to start at verse 1. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothes, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around them. And we're going to jump over to verse 12. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you, he asked? You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. I have set for you an example that you should do as I have done. And what did Jesus do? Truthfully, he did whatever was needed. Foot washing was done by servants. It was a lowly, dirty job reserved for the very lowest servants. But Jesus took the lowest of jobs. He didn't have to. He certainly wasn't mandated for him to do. Why did he do it? Because he wanted to be a demonstrate, he wanted to demonstrate to the disciples how to be really good hosts? No. He did it because he loved them. And he wanted to demonstrate that love for them. And he wanted to leave them a lasting example of what it meant to serve, to put aside what he was entitled to and serve. Jesus loves us too. And he knew that for the truth to spread, the disciples needed to understand what it meant to be humble and to serve. How do you best receive a message? When someone lords it over you, when someone comes and tells you exactly what you're supposed to do, you know, that person's like, you know what you need to do? This is what you need to do. When I say that to my kids, I can already see their eyes glaze over. That's never how to get the message across. But when someone comes to you with a quiet confidence in the truth, and they come alongside you, and they serve with you, that's when you hear the message. That's when you hear what they're telling you to do. And that's what Jesus did for the disciples. He came alongside them. He washed their feet. He was with them. And he showed them with quiet confidence the truth that they need to serve each other and the world. 
Truth shared by someone with a heart to serve is truth received. And Jesus knew that. I wonder, I always wonder about this. Jesus knew that Peter was going to be the foundation of the church. But he also knew that Peter could be brash, impulsive, hot-headed, all, any number of things, as we all can be. And I wonder, did Jesus recognize something in Peter's heart and, and in all of our hearts that if left unchecked becomes arrogant, expecting others to serve? I wonder if there was something that Peter, if, if this didn't happen, would be like, you need, I was with Jesus. You don't know. I was with Jesus, so you need to hear what I have to say. I wonder if Peter needed that lasting image burned in his head of Jesus washing his feet so he could say, it's not about who I was with. It's not about who I am. It's not about the things I've experienced. It's about who Jesus was and what he was to me, and I need to be that for other people. The disciples at the time of the foot washing, Jesus' time on earth was ending. He was going to be crucified and die and raised to life again. And then the disciples were going to go out under the power of the Holy Spirit and spread the truth of who Jesus was. They were being called to the role of a lifetime. This was their moment. They were being called up to what God had intended for them to do. And here we see Jesus laying out the example before them. You need to serve just like I am serving you. We are called to be servants just like the disciples, just like Jesus. Jesus served with his whole entire life. Think about the life of Jesus. Is there anything he did that wasn't done as an act of service to the people he was with at the moment or the people that were coming into the future? He served by teaching. He served by doing miracles. He served by calling the disciples into ministry. He served by willingly dying for us so that we could be forgiven. Everything he did was an act of service. Consider that. Sharing the gospel is an act of service. Praying for healing is an act of service. Inviting someone to church is an act of service. Everything we do is an act of service. We are called to serve. We know that we are called to serve because Jesus showed us to. And he also showed us how to serve. In Philippians 2, 5 to 11, it says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that in the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We serve by how we live in your relationships with one another, we have the same mindset as Jesus. You make yourself nothing. You take the nature of a servant. Jesus calls us in every aspect and area of our life to have an attitude of service, to have an attitude of humility. He, the Holy Spirit enables us to put aside our rights, what we believe we are entitled to, so that we can serve just like Jesus. I, I, love, I love this story because Jesus didn't stop being God when he came in human form. He, he didn't stop being who he was in order to serve. Jesus served because of who he was. In the first scripture, we read that Jesus knew, he, he knew who he was. He knew the power. He knew the glory. He knew everything that belonged to him. But he set it aside. He set it aside because he knew what was more important was to serve than to receive accolades and praise and to go out in a banner of his greatness. He set aside what he was entitled to so that he could serve for the greater good because he loves us so much. 
he set it aside so that he could serve. We are called to serve with our whole lives, to set aside what we are entitled to so that we can serve like Jesus. We're also called uniquely. We are called generally. We are all called to serve. We are called to serve each other um, by thinking less of ourselves, by putting others first. But God has uniquely gifted each and every one of us for specific areas to serve. I love that. God specifically called and enabled you to serve. He made you exactly who you are. He gave you your personality. He gave you your quirks. He gave you a love for the monarch. Maybe, I don't know. But within that, he has called you to serve as he has made you. And he's not asking you to put aside who you are. He's asking to refine who you are. He's asking to make who you are to be more like him. But who you are was who you were created to be. And in that, God has called you to a specific act of service. We are all skilled and gifted. And I think sometimes there's just this misconception that we have to be like somebody else. We have to do this thing in order to serve. I have to look like this. I have to sound like this. I have to have all my life figured out to serve. And that is not true. You are called to serve who God made you to be. When I was uh, in youth group, I sincerely thought the best way to serve was to be on the worship team because that's where all the cool kids were. Pastor Tracy was on the worship team, so clearly all of the cool kids were on the worship team. I, however bless me in this, have no musical skill or talent whatsoever. Don't feel sorry for me. I've made my peace with this long ago. But it's true. I was not called to now nor ever be on the worship team. That is not my gifting. It is not my calling. But I had a really great youth pastor who saw in me that I wanted to serve, that I understood this call, that I understood that it is what I was supposed to do. And so he set me up for success. He gave me opportunities. He looked at me and said, you're never going to be on stage. He never said that to me. I probably would have cried in a corner for 12 days. I was a teenager. He never said that to me. But he took me on as a co-op student, and so I got to go in with him, and he taught me how to set up the stage so that on Friday, uh, Tuesdays, we had youth on Tuesdays, I would go in on Tuesdays and I would set up the stage so the youth could, could, could come in. And I understood that what I was doing was setting it up so that the rest of us could come in and um, experience Jesus. I didn't have to be on the stage I had a place, and it was just as important. He taught me how to lead a new believer small group. So then I had two girls that I got to, on Sunday mornings, come and talk about Jesus and disciple them. I got into a car crash with them while driving them home from church. It was everyone was fine. It was fine. But he enabled me to do that. And then when I did that, I called his wife. And I was like, I crashed the car with the girls in it. And he, they were like, it's fine. We love you. It's fine. Anyways, that's the story. That just came to me now. I'm like, oh, yeah, those girls, that was awful. And I cried a lot. Anyways, I cried a lot. I was a teenage girl. It's fine. <laughs> he also taught me how to make newsletters. Because back in the day, you had a youth newsletter and you used clip art. Okay, clip art was not the thing where you clip. You had a binder and pictures. And you had to, like, photocopy it. And then you cut out the picture. And then you glued it down really flat on the paper because you didn't want shadows. So real, real flat. And then you got to pick the color of the paper. That was really where your creative liberty came out. And then you photocopy that sucker and you put it on the bulletin board and you handed it out. And he taught me how to do that. And I still have those skills today, but there's less photocopying involved. That's how old I am, guys. Clip art was literally clipping art. Just think about that for a minute. Just think about that. But he taught me what I could do. He let me explore what I was good at. And he very clearly very clearly showed me that I was called exactly who I was. I didn't have to be like somebody else. God had gifted me and enabled me to serve in my own way. 
In 1 Corinthians 12, Paul uses the analogy of the body to explain how we serve. We are all part of one body, and Christ is our head. And each body part plays a unique part. Without me setting up on Sunday morning, or Tuesday nights, Tuesday afternoons, the youth group couldn't come. Without Brad coming in and doing sound, the worship team can't happen. Without the host team coming in and welcoming you, there's nobody to tell you where to go. Without Chris coming in and setting up the chairs, we don't have church on Sunday. We are all uniquely gifted to serve. Every body part is important. Without the liver, the body doesn't get filtration and toxins go through our body. We need it to purify. Without our eyes, our ears, our mouth, we still function, but not as well. We function best when all parts of the body are working together. Now, I don't know if any of you are like me, but some of you maybe are thinking, but what if I'm the appendix? They say it's useless, guys. What if I'm the appendix? Okay, I have had that thought. I have sat in that chair and I have thought, what if I'm the appendix? Okay, hear, hear me out. Hear me out. I have no medical knowledge. But I did read a really great article that said, maybe it holds healthy bacteria? I don't know. But this is what I do know. God put the appendix in the body for a reason. God put you in the body of Christ for a reason. So even if you think you are the appendix, you are there on purpose, you are called for a reason, and don't discount yourself because God has called you, God has placed you. Ephesians 4, 15 to 16 says this about the body of Christ. Instead of speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Together, we do the, part, the work together. Christ is the head of the body and from him, we go out and serve united. And here's the good news. You are not called to serve in your own strength. You don't have to figure it out on your own. You don't have to know all the answers. The Holy Spirit calls and enables you to serve. There are many specific gifts listed in the Bible, and I'm going to really quickly go through them today. There are three headings that we kind of put them under. We have equipping gifts, manifestation gifts, and ministry gifts. And so Vaughn is going to put them up there, and I'm going to go through them quickly. There are um, places that you can look for them on. We have our courses that you can dig into these deeper. But equipping gifts, these are found in Ephesians 4.11. Uh, these are organized by God for works of the kingdom. We're looking at apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And you can find those in learning to serve lesson six. We have manifestation gifts, which are found in 1 Corinthians 12, 7 to 11. You can look more closely at these in Life in the Spirit, Lessons 7 and 8. All of these are free courses available on our website. You should go and find them. They're awesome. Thank you, Pastor Dell. But in the manifestation gifts, we have message of wisdom, message of knowledge, distinguishing between spirits, power gifts, which are faith, healing, miraculous powers. We have voice gifts, which are speaking in different kinds of tongues, interpretation of prophecy of tongues and prophecy. And then we also have the ministry gifts found in Romans 12, 3 to 8. And we find that in learning to serve lesson five. I put the wrong in my notes, but up there it's correct. Uh, and those are messenger, prophecy, serving, teaching, encouraging, giving, a leader, and comforter. And I don't know about you, but that feels like a really long list that encompasses a lot of things. And I read that list to you today, not to overwhelm you, but to tell you there is room for everyone at the table. There is room for everyone at the table, and every single one of us is needed to function as a whole. These gifts are not limited to Sundays at church, although some of them are definitely more, lean more towards a corporate worship setting. They are for everyday life. Some of you are so excellent at putting people at ease and making people feel welcome. God has uniquely gifted you for that. How can you use that for his kingdom? 
Some of you have a generous spirit, generous heart. God's given that to you. How can you use that for his kingdom? Some of you love to teach. God has given that desire to you. How can you use that for his kingdom? God has gifted you with passions and desires. It's not an accident. It's not an accident. How can you use that to serve in the kingdom? And when I say serve in the kingdom, let me be clear. I'm not talking about Sunday mornings, although that is also available to you. I'm talking about serving the kingdom, the world. I'm talking about sharing Jesus. I'm talking about building each other up. I'm talking about encouraging one another. God is calling you to serve. We know that. Jesus left the example for us. You are called to serve because we are called to follow the example of Jesus. And also, I don't know if you caught this, but it's good for us to serve. If you go all the way back to our very first scripture, John 13, 17, at the very end it says, now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. God didn't just tell us to serve because it was fun times. He called us to serve because he loves his people. He wants people to come into his kingdom. And he knows it's good for us. He knows that we'll be blessed when we do it. My heart is that everyone understands they are called and that you don't have to look like somebody else in order to serve. I, sometimes in my role here at the church, I get to meet with people to help explore what's next for them. And it's one of my favorite things to do. I'm not great at it. I'm not great at asking questions, but I love sitting with people and hearing them say, here's what I love to do. That's amazing. How can we use that in the kingdom? What does that look like? I, I know some opportunities, but talk to me about what you would love to do. I love to do that. Sometimes I have people, I meet with people and they say, I just want to serve. It doesn't matter where. I just want to fill a need. And you know what? That is your call in that moment. And we bless you in that. Because sometimes we just need a body to serve. I have been a body to serve more times in the kingdom than I can count. Sometimes they just need a body and I fit that description. <laughs> and you know what? You are called for that moment. Sometimes we are called to be a body to serve, and that is a calling all in itself. But other times we are called to specific things. So in those times when someone says, it doesn't matter to me where I want to serve, I just want to serve, I say, that's fantastic. Talk to me what you like to do. Talk to me what you hate to do. And we get somewhere and we go through that. Sometimes they just, someone says, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not called. I don't know. I don't know what I could do. And then I just, I just listen to them and say, what do you love? God cares about what you love. What do you love? What are you passionate about? God cares about what you, God gave you those passions. And through that, we see God working and moving and placing people where they want to serve. Sometimes it's serving at Ray of Hope. Sometimes it's volunteering at a school. You never know what it's going to look like. But God has called you each uniquely to serve. The queen wasn't wrong in her declaration those many years ago. She did indeed devote her entire life entire life to service. And I have learned that we are all called to devote our entire life to service, no matter what that looks like. That is the crux of it. Followers of Jesus, are you willing to dedicate your life to the service of Jesus, trusting that sometimes he will stretch you, sometimes he will challenge you, but in it all, he is equipping you and calling you and gifting you to do it. You don't have to be a queen to dedicate your life to service. Good news to all of you today. Regular people have the opportunity to dedicate their life to Jesus. So to wrap up this message today, I want to just take a quiet moment. I 
hope you've heard my heart. I don't know if I fully expressed it, but my heart is so much that you would find that place that God has called you to serve and you would go into it, not to be afraid of what's next, but to experience the joy and the freedom that comes when you are placed and moving where God has called you to be. So as we close today, I'm going to just take a quiet moment. I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to speak to us. And I would invite you to do the same. Ask him, how have you equipped me to serve? Or say, God, I really love to do this. How can I use this to serve? But let's take a quiet moment together. There's not going to be any music playing. Let's quietly bow our heads, close our eyes, and let's humbly ask the Lord what's next. Lord, you have gifted each and every one of us. And there is room for every single one of us to serve in your kingdom. I pray, Holy Spirit, come. Speak to us, God. In the quietness of this moment, come. And call out in us the places that you have called us to serve. Call out passions, visions, dreams, And then, Holy Spirit, come in your courage and in your power to walk those things out. Holy Spirit, come. Lord, I pray as this week goes on that the quiet words you have whispered in our ears and the things you have placed in our hearts would continue to come to the forefront of our minds, God. That we wouldn't be able to brush them off or put them aside, but that we would feel empowered and reminded that you have gifted us and called us. And I pray today over every person listening and every person in this room that they would understand their place in the kingdom and that they would take the steps necessary to find ways to continue serving as they already are or to serve in new ways as you are calling them out. And we thank you, God, that you have gifted us, that you have called us, and that you have given us this opportunity, Lord. And together we pray. Amen.